Welcome to Citizens Midweek. It's a podcast for our church family in Charlotte, North Carolina, where we take a deeper look at this week's sermon. This week, I am joined by our deacon and lead team member, Cole Simpson, um, looking at week three of our work series. Here we go. This past Sunday, we were in week three of our series talking about work. Um, Throughout the series, we're kind of just looking across the full canon of Scripture to kind of see what does God and the Bible have to say about our work, about the work that we do, about anything that we've been given to cultivate. So we've been mentioning that work is not just our nine to five, but it's kind of anything that God has given us to participate in, to have dominion and creativity and cultivation over. So this week in particular, we were looking at Matthew chapter 6, verses 24 through 34, and just kind of talking about the idea that some of us have a tendency um, to view work uh, in such a high way that some might be able to say about us that we live to work, that work is kind of the all-consuming thing about our life and um, kind of how we should think about that differently as Christians. So um, yeah, we kind of talked about how our, our tendency is to take God's good gifts like work, but our tendency as sinners is to take God's gifts and make them a replacement for God and kind of mentioning that there are three specific indicators that we might see if somebody is making work ultimate, if they're making their identity out of their work. Um, Those things were maybe that work decides their mood, maybe work causes you to do things that you know are wrong. So if you're compromising on on your Christian values or Christian beliefs because of your work, then maybe you're holding it too highly um, or maybe you can't put work down. Um, and ultimately in that we kind of mentioned that work can't be God. It can't give us what God gives us. You know, we, we might try and let our work shape our identity, but ultimately identity based on something as, as fickle as work can't hold up. It can't keep us satisfied the way that we want it to. So kind of at the end of the sermon, we gave, Cole gave us four application points, um, as we kind of think about seeing work in the right way, not seeing it as ultimate, but valuing what God's given us to do. And those four points were this, that um, know that you will be tempted, just know that it's going to be hard at the front end, that of course we're going to find it hard to to not view our identity in our work because of the culture that we live in, because of our sinfulness. Um, two is to know that you need a Sabbath. Um, you know, as Christians, as people that follow God, we're called to rest actually, and resting is one of the ways that we practice not putting our ultimate identity in work. Um, third was to seek first the kingdom, so to make sure that in all things that we're doing that we, you know, first see ourselves as Christians, as people participating in kingdom life before we participate in our work life. And then four was to know that our identity is secure so that work can be what it is and it doesn't have to be what it's not because ultimately we know as people in Jesus that what Jesus has done for us is the most ultimate thing. Um, So work doesn't have to be. Um, I think for me the thing that stood out the most was that quote you gave in the middle by Derek Thompson Cole. Derek Thompson says that our desk was never meant to be our altar um, and I just, yeah, I thought that was, uh, that was really impactful. Um, I think partly because we don't really think about altars in a modern sense that often. Like we don't think altar seems really archaic, you know, but just to think about like, oh, you've got this altar, which is this place where you go to worship <laughs> in your office at, you know, at your desk because, um, of how much time and dedication and devotion and effort and energy and identity you find in what happens at the desk, <laughs> you know, and I know that I'm certainly guilty of that of, putting a lot of my security or identity or worth or value in how work's going. And as Americans, we love to talk about work, so there's kind of this incentive to do so, but just recognizing that we don't bow down to the altar of our of our work. It was never meant to be that way. Um, but I thought that was really cool of hearing it. But 
What about you, Cole? What kind of stood out to you in particular while you were preparing for this week? Yeah, I think the thing that really stood out to me as I was preparing, and it's a little bit of a one-off, was, you know, this week we're talking about this idea of living to work. So just for those of us who are tempted to make work our God, how easy it is for us to do that, for work to become our all-consuming everything, and how that is true, but it is also true that we are called to be faithful and to be good at work, and that work has uh, work is important, that there is an eternal value that comes on with work, that work is not our top priority in the sense that Christ is our top priority, but work is still matters and our performance still matters. Uh, a few years ago, I went to a conference, and this guy was talking about St. Augustine, and he talked about this idea that St. Augustine had this um, back and forth, this push and pull with this idea of ambition and how in his ambition, he knew there was a part of him that sinfully wanted to succeed or sinfully wanted to do things well for his own glory, but that the the biblical response to that was not to not have ambition. It was to still have ambition and still to do that, but do it for the glory of God and not for his glory, and to consistently check himself and put his ambition or his his identity on the altar of Christ and remember that his identity was in God. I just felt a lot of that in this sermon, this idea that we feel this pull to live, to work, and that's not good. But the answer is not to not work or to not work hard or work heartily or be faithful. We even talked about a lot that a lot in the first two weeks, but the answer is to work hard, but remember our identity is found in Christ. Right. And I think too, like it's this sermon in particular where it's a good reminder. The thing that we said at the very start of the whole series is that our work is not just what we do in our nine to five because of how often I've seen in myself and the people in our community that we can really put our identity in a ton of things that we do that are not like employment, <laughs> like, you know, just seeing and being in, in, you know, small groups with, with women and men that are going through parenting and seeing how easy it is for their identity to be wrapped up in, you know, their perception of their own mothering, you know, and the idea of internet mommy shaming and how that affects people so much. Like, but we put this, See, I've, we've seen people put this ton amount of identity in being a good mom, you know, or we've seen it. I've certainly seen this in myself and people around us, like people that do ministry with us in a lay setting, like how easy it is to put your identity in doing student ministry as a volunteer, you know, just somebody that does that on their off time or maybe somebody that puts a ton of identity in leading worship on Sundays as a part of the band. And it's none of their jobs to you're not getting paid to mom or to worship lead or to do student ministry. But it's so easy to put our identity in the things that we do, the things we contribute to. Um, yeah, I mean, I even think we can see that with ministry. Right. Uh, you know, not, uh, I think, an easy one, at least for me, to fall into is putting my identity in my ministry, whatever that looks like at the time, whether it be serving with the church, serving at Young Life, uh, playing music, all good things, all good, beautiful, God-glorifying things, but they become my ultimate. That actually becomes my identity uh, instead of the God that I serve. Right. And the question being at the end of the day, if this is gone, am I still secured? Do I still know that I'm secured in Christ if these things are gone? Absolutely. Which really reveals our identity. Yeah. So what are we going to dive deep on this week, Cole? Yeah, I think it would be good for us to maybe talk a little bit about Sabbath and what that looks like, how we should think about that as believers in our day-to-day -day lives. Sure. Yeah, so 
when we talk about Sabbath, it's this idea of Shabbat is the Hebrew word, which kind of means to stop. And so in our culture, especially in Charlotte culture, I don't know that people value stopping. Ceasing, yeah. Yeah, very, very highly. I just don't think it is going to be a normal part or a normal thing that people talk about. And so I think it is important for us to believer, as believers to kind of think through and ask the question, what does it mean for us to Sabbath? What does it mean for us to stop? And how does that look different than the people around us? And so this idea of Sabbath probably uh, kind of goes back to the Old Testament where God tells his people that he wants them to be different than the world around them, and so he wants them to work hard for six days and to rest one. And kind of like we talked about in the sermon, it was this idea of trying to reinforce that their identity was not actually in what they did, but who they served, who their God was, and that was actually more important. And so I think practically, Sabbath can be pretty complicated because we do not live in a theocracy at the end of the day. So our schedules are not organized around this idea of Sabbath. And this has actually become even less true over the history of America. So when America was first founded, religious freedom and Sabbath was actually a huge part of why America was America. And in places like the South, you even had things like blue laws, where it was actually illegal to open up parts of stores or restaurants, whatever it was, until 1 or 2 o'clock in the afternoon on Sundays because the assumption was that you needed to Sabbath, right? It was this built-in, you need to stop and rest and be with God. Well, even the concept of a weekend is a pretty modern invention. Like, it, it, you know, it's pretty modern when it comes to, like, it's tied to the idea of, like, labor jobs, Within the last hundred years or so, this yeah. Idea, but it, it was kind of instituted for laborers to have a weekend off that included time to worship. You know, absolutely. Like in an agrarian society, yeah. a weekend was not didn't matter. Didn't no, exist. you worked. You worked every day, seven yeah. days a week, um, except for Sabbath, right? That was because if you were a believer. Yeah. And so it's kind of this idea of okay, so what does Sabbath look like for those of us who maybe don't have a normal nine to five, right? Like I'm in real estate. We both are actually, and so it's pretty easy for me to justify not Sabbathing because, oh, I have to work on the weekends. We also both work at a church at a high level. And so it's like, maybe this is just me, but it's pretty difficult for me to Sabbath on Sunday when a lot of my job responsibility is actually going to fall on Sunday. And so I don't prescribe to or believe that Sabbath has to be a specific day of the week. I think Jesus kind of pushes into that, or Paul, sorry, pushes into that when he says, uh, we no longer uphold or hold to these ideas of like moon festivals. And he talks about this idea that like the time is no longer important. It is more about the discipline of being with God. So I don't think the day is nearly as important. So I don't think you have to Sabbath on Sunday or Saturday uh, was actually the original Sabbath, Friday night to Saturday. I don't think that is as important as it is for you to intentionally in your week schedule a time for you to stop yeah, and for you to intentionally put work down. And I think mm. that can look different for everybody. It is this really weird question of, well, what does it mean to stop? Like, can I do laundry on the Sabbath? Right. It's like, I think it probably depends on the person. Right. I, I think some basic principles to think through are Sabbath should be restful. Mm-hmm. It should be an intentional time for you to rest. It should be an intentional time for you to connect both with God and the people around you. Yeah. So if you're married, I think there is a 
part of Sabbath where it's like you should be connecting with your spouse. You should be talking to them. You should be hanging out with them. A date night is probably a great part of Sabbath. If you have a family, doing stuff with your family, enjoying your family could be a great part of the Sabbath. So it's going to look different no matter or depending on what your stage of life is. But I think the basic principles are this idea of stopping putting work down, intentionally connecting with God, remembering who he is, being grateful for that, and then connecting with the people around you, connecting with the people that God has given you to live life with. That can look like uh, immediate family. That can look like good friends. But it should be ultimately people that remind you of God's goodness. Yeah, so I think that is yeah. a lot of what Sabbath is. I think, too, like, and, you know, even before we both did real estate, <laughs> Sabbath was always really hard for me because I don't think I would have known that I'd put my identity in work by any means, but I do think I definitely use work as a distraction from connecting with God about some hard parts about myself, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Work has always been a really helpful distraction and, you know, the double whammy of we do and have done full-time ministry. So it was certainly justifiable to overextend mm-hmm. there because it felt really meaningful. Um, but Sabbath is still really hard for me, even in this season, because to, an, to a certain degree, our new jobs in real estate keep us on call. So sure. like trying to figure out like, when do I take time off? I didn't work for seven hours today, but then I worked all night, you know, or like sure. I haven't done any real estate in two days, but I am on Saturday all day, you know? Sure. So just like finding that balance. But I think in all of it, what I'm being, kind of convicted of and reminded of in a way that I have not figured this out very well yet. I mean, I think I had a good Sabbath two weeks ago. I didn't last week, you know, Sure. but I'm trying to remember that, you know, in a very American way, the Sabbath as part of the weekend is like almost like a reward for working. But for Christians, Sabbath is a sacrifice that we make. You know, it's, it's part of our sacrifice to following God, to being people that follow Jesus. We sacrifice our time. We sacrifice by working harder to honor what God's called us to do. It's, you know, and it's good for us certainly, but it's not this like reward. It's not this cherry at the end. Um, yeah, no, I think that that makes a lot of sense. I, I think it is important. It is easy to get into making Sabbath a performance, sure. which is so funny because that's right. the opposite of Literally. what it's supposed <laughs> yeah. to be. And so I, I tell people if they're really trying to start doing Sabbath as a discipline commit to it, figure out a day or a, even if it has to be rotating, depending on your schedule, but figure out a day that you can do it. Uh, and if it can't be a whole day to start, start with a morning, start with six hours. You know, ideally we would want to work up to that 24 hours. That's yeah. the way it's talked about, but start with some amount of time and then just be consistent right. and write it in, prioritize it, do it with, if, it, if you're single, do it alone. If you're family, do it with your family, talk about why you're doing it. And just know there are going to be good weeks and bad weeks. Right. There are going to be weeks where you don't do Sabbath well, and that's okay, because it's not really about doing it well. Right. Uh, Also, Sabbath is probably going to be hard. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you're anything like me, you probably put a lot of your identity in your performance and and action. So stopping can be difficult. It actually, uh, just even in reading about it, it can bring up a lot of feelings. Yeah. Because when you stop doing things, sometimes you do things to distract yourself from what's going on on a deeper level, which is one of the reasons why Sabbath is good. It makes you stop and kind of reconnect with God and meditate and on, at a deeper level. Actually not check just, under the hood a little bit Yeah, exactly. You know? Not just a 20-minute or a 30-minute, I'm reading my Bible, I'm journaling, which is a good thing, but maybe a little bit more intensive of that. And so you may realize, like, 
you're really sad or you're really angry or you're really afraid and you haven't realized that you're afraid or sad or angry. And that's not a bad thing. That's actually just you starting to recognize I've been feeling this way, yeah. but I didn't know it because I, I wasn't connecting with God. Yeah. Stuff. So I think that is a big part of it, just doing it and committing to it, talking about it, uh, asking the people around you for help. And it's just going to be a process. They're going to be probably even seasons where some things work and then they will stop working and you're going to have to figure it out. And I think it is a very ebb and flow. Uh, I think it is not a, Oh, you think about it one time you put it on the calendar and you never have to change it. It's like, it's probably a living thing that is going to change and be different depending on where you're at, what work looks like, what family looks like. But I do think it is important and is worthwhile. Yeah, It's funny. I mean, I'm very type a, which is not a shock to anybody that knows me listening to this. I like, the rule. I want the rule to be clear and followable or whatever. And I just remember even like a few weeks ago, you and I were talking about Sabbath and I was like, well, I can't Sabbath on Wednesdays. I have a meeting at 11. And you're like, just start your Sabbath when the meeting's over at noon. <laughs> I was like, but I did something on Wednesday. And it's like, well, that's not the point. Like the yeah. point isn't to save Wednesday. The point is to have a dedicated longer period of rest and ceasing. Like if it's noon to noon, it doesn't really matter. And that's like, it sounds silly, but that was so um, just kind of refreshing and relieving to me if like kind of it was my my mind is kind of the literal application of when Jesus says like our Sabbath is for man man is not made for the Sabbath you know like this is for us to to rest to realign with the way God's called us to be to to lay down our work idols it's for us we're not made to be slaves to the Sabbath you know yeah and I, I think that's even a pattern not just with Sabbath but throughout the Bible that right. You're going to realize like uh, generosity, stewardship, Sabbath, these ideas of a lot of times God does not give us like he tells us what we need to do, but he doesn't tell us. And here are the 19 ways, the ABCs of doing it. And I think a lot of the reason why he does that is because he wants us to rely on him. Mm -hmm. He actually wants us to go and be dependent on him with what should my Sabbath look like and have those conversations with him and figure it out because that will actually breed intimacy and dependence on him, which is the point. Right. That is the whole reason why right. we're doing it. So I, I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think, I bet there's even people listening to this that are like, but I want you to tell me what to do for 24 hours. <laughs> and that's kind of what you're saying is like, that's not the point. What does Sabbath, Sabbath means ceasing. It means stopping. So what we're telling you to do is stop. <laughs> stop for a day. Um, recognize that we're made for more than our work. Um, recognize that there's some inherent sacrifice to Sabbath, both at the front end, you got to work harder to be able to take the day off. And at the back end, you might miss out on some opportunities to make money because you didn't work for a day. That's fine. Um, because ultimately it's doing, it's aligning ourselves with what, with what God has called us to do and how he's called us to be. Well, Cole, thanks for joining us today. We've got a couple of quick announcements for us before we sign off. Um, Don't forget about our Lake Day coming up on the 24th. Um, I think that's in roughly a week and a half from when you might be listening to this. Um, Big thing for that is to please, please carpool. If you're planning on coming with a group of friends, there's some limited parking um, at the venue, but you can find information on the Lake Day at our website, citizenscharlotte.com. Also, just this past Sunday, we announced for um, for the first time that we are doing kind of a fall recap of our rhythms information series that we did this spring. So, you know, every so often we want to take a look at just kind of our teaching on spiritual disciplines and rhythms and formations and um, 
you know, kind of introduce some of this to our church. So we're doing a Saturday seminar for that on August 7th, and that information is online as well. But um, that's all the time we have for today. Thanks for joining us, Cole. We will see you next time on the Sentences Midweek.